Episode 74 of the Metrofan TV Rundown. I was about to say weekly, but this is our first off-season episode, as you can tell. Uh, coming to you live, fresh off the backs of a hot and uh, contentious World Cup group stage. It's been a hell of a ride so far. Uh, of course, I think... Um, on the other hand, though, I think it's what we're really here for is to be breaking down some of the minor proceedings that have been going on in the RBNY offseason. And here to do it with me here today, of course, is none other than Mr. Juan Escalante. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I am buzzed, to be honest. <laughs> uh, what uh, The Suarez crying photos were fantastic. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's... The look on his face as so like I I'm lucky enough where I can split screen, I can like do the picture in picture but like have both games in the same size on my screen, yeah. And just the reactions as as result of one game happens into the other one, it's 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 it's, it's quite astounding. It would be incredible if uh, all we saw for the rest of the tournament was a uh, Conway Bowl teams like uh, being ele- being eliminated in the most embarrassing fashion possible. And having oh, all man. having all those dudes cry, like Pessy crying, uh, Neymar crying. Uh, well, Neymar's already cried, so I feel like we're, we're due for another one. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks his other ankle. Like no, yeah, it'd be a hundred percent deserved though. I <laughs> <laughs> needless to say, uh, yeah. I mean, I do not, I do not like Neymar. <laughs> no, I'll leave it at that. Apparently, even Brazilians hate him. But yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) The guy goes from, like, literally breaking his back from, like, carrying Brazil too hard in 2014, uh, being, like, I don't know, like, probably the worst person alive eight years later. It's it's been a hell of an arc. Uh, I think no arc has been greater, of course, than um, what we've been seeing from a certain Samurai Blue, of course. Yes, if you if you nonetheless in Doha twice, if you told me that that Japan would make it out of the group stage that featured both Spain and Germany, no, not only make it out but like top to the group, I would have I would have thought you were lying. And then if you told me, well, they beat Germany and then they lost to Costa Rica and then they beat Spain, like what? (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Like, um. They decided to do like they decided to do it on hard mode, I suppose, because I guess yeah, pretty uh, much. I guess Moriyasu got bored, so he was just like, "Let's let's do a Nuzlocke, like a Pokemon Nuzlocke." Right. <laughs> and I think he's like legitimately used all of the players that he's called up, save for like the two backup goalkeepers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, That's that that doesn't sound wrong. Pretty much all the outfield players have had at least some kind of go at this point. Right, I think uh, the only people that hadn't prior to the last match were Taniguchi and uh, someone else. Yeah, I would uh, maybe maybe Shuto Machino probably. Oh yeah, Machino. Yeah, Machino hasn't yeah. seen the field yet. That's true. Just so. looking at the roster, I'm like, yeah, probably not. It was Taniguchi and Machino. Yeah. So. Or no, didn't Taniguchi Taniguchi started against Spain? No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Uh, he was in the back oh, yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah. more on that later. I'm sure. Um, we, we we can go on a deep dive. Uh, later, because yes. uh, I think uh, right now, just to uh, recap the uh, lay of the land so far, for those who do not tune in to our ramblings of Japanese soccer, 
which, um, if you haven't guessed by now, is probably uh, the number one point of discussion on this podcast. So if you're yes. tuning in for RBN1 News, uh, please go to Geek from 202 or Off the Perch Pod. Uh, they're probably going to keep you up to date better than us. But for those who do tune in for Team News, I think uh, we recap the uh, end of season roster decisions. I believe the players who had their options declined were Jesus Castellano, Zach Ryan, and uh, Omar So. Uh, I don't really think anything of value had really been lost there, to be honest with you. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Zach Ryan... Uh, Zach Ryan's one of the few players that actually has an account. Like, I, I think I, I just I was on LinkedIn one night and I just looked up the team and to see if there were any of the players who actually have LinkedIn accounts. And he, and unsurprisingly, Stanford graduate Zach Ryan is one of them. Did he go to Stanford Business School as well? Uh, I didn't check that. It sounds like a very Stanford Business School move. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm like, does I'm, I'm curious if Jordan Morris is on is on LinkedIn or if he's a little more serious about soccer. He probably has like he probably has like one of those like Michael Owen style personal websites, you know, where he puts oh my God. Uh, Jordan Morris is charismatic, cool, interesting, insightful. <laughs> Words that I've never seen anyone describe Michael Owen with, by the way, because like listening to his punditry is like fucking watching, I don't know, paint dry. Right. Like trying to watch a Gerhard Struber team break down a bunker. I don't know, one of those things. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I should stop being an RBNY Twitter expert. Uh, but anyway, um, that being said, um, other significant outflows, I think, would probably be Jake LaCava being taken in the um, expansion draft. But again, like, you know, I, I don't really think anyone of note really gets lost in these kinds of things, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, like, and for what like we didn't lose him to St. Louis. I think St. Louis took him, and then they traded him to Miami. Yeah, traded him to Miami. He was like, if Jake Lacava wants to go back to Florida that fast, I'm like, you know what? I think I feel like we might have dodged a bullet there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let alone Miami, dude. Like literally, I, I think like honestly, the most like malevolent place on the earth in terms of vibes. It's it's not great. <laughs> I mean. It's only gotten worse, right? Because of all the it's, crypto it's guys. It's definitely gotten worse. Just generally, uh, yeah, just the vibes have just gotten much worse. Yeah. Uh, would you would you say that you can't wait for it to be underwater? Uh, as long as like specific members of my family move out first, then yeah, give oh, it I'm back sure. to the manatees. <laughs> well, I'm sure that'd be easy. We could always reach yeah. out. Uh, yes. So, yeah, so nothing of note would be lost, but I'm sure someone, some way, is going to find a way to basically start, like, a Fallout-style colony on, like, one of the massive Royal Caribbean cruise ships down there. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm bringing this hellscape into the world. Um, <laughs> it's like a pirate ship, but it's just a Royal Caribbean boat. Yeah, that'd be the worst fucking pirate ship on the face of the oh planet, my God. man. Like... <laughs> Unless like all the all the like the migrant laborers who work in the ship like take it over, that'd be kind of cool. Oh yeah, 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 be like Captain Phillips, but it mixed up just a bunch shop. of Filipino guys. <laughs> Oi, putangina, I'm the captain now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, We're calling this both the SS Lapu Lapu. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> By Paul, we have decreed that it'll be called the Lapu McLapu face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking great. Uh, especially yeah. if all the, uh, I don't know, all the Bitcoin uh, former millionaires, I say former oh, right. now, um, yes. are publicly executed. I think that'd be wonderful, to be honest. Or but, working um, in the bilge or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Them, they call them the floating gulags. But anyway. Exactly. <laughs> uh, back to RBNY. Uh, yeah, Jake Lakov has gone. Omar So is a very interesting one. Um, so if, if you recall, he was out basically on loan to uh, a club called Bredablik, I believe, in Iceland. In Iceland, right, yeah. In Iceland, who I think were... You know, we're one of the better teams. I think came in second in the league that season. Played, I think, had won the cup. Played, he like his first, the first game he could have played for was like the Super Cup. I don't know if he played there, but also, um, we're playing in either. I don't know if it was the Europa League or it was the Conference League. Basically, playing in a European competition, and it just didn't seem like he uh, made any appearances. He might have scored a goal, but other than that, like, didn't really make an impression. Um, I think it was Eric Friedland who said in another podcast that like, you know, it was probably worth of worth uh, getting a new experience for him and, you know, trying out a new environment and see if he could succeed there. And, you know, I, I it's professional football, but I do not think that the Icelandic league is such a hotbed of talent that what we expected from Omar. So uh, did not materialize there. Yeah, I mean, that's the deal for me, right? It's very much a loan that's reminiscent of, like, the really old, like, 90s USA, like, US soccer hopefuls trying to jump over to Europe, right? Right. You used to have a lot of these guys who jumped to, like, these scandal leagues <laughs> for whatever reason. Like, rough it out with, like, a, what, second division side in Norway or whatever, and then just try and climb, grind your way up, right? Uh, the league ladder there. But I can only imagine it's only gotten even more like disparate since, right? Because at least back in the day, uh, and I'm probably showing my age here, uh, the leagues were a lot more equitable, right? There were stronger, healthier domestic scenes and right. um, full of domestic players that could basically snuff it at um, at international level, right? I think like most of the uh, Norway team that made it to the... Uh, World Cup in the 90s, all had their start in the Norwegian League, right, at clubs like, I think, uh, what, Lillström, right? Or, uh, yeah. Lillström? And... Isn't that the team that Luke Rogers played at? But, again, if we're talking about Norway, I guess, like, I don't know, Lillström, Volrenga is another one. I think Volrenga, that's... yeah, Bodo Glimt, uh, Glimt. clubs well, like I that, think, basically. Yeah, yeah, they're a newer club, but... I'm trying to think of other Norwegian clubs. I feel like when we think of scandal leagues, we end up thinking of Denmark and Sweden, but not yeah, as much. But those are preferred Norway. countries, so we, that's we, we, that. That is also true. Yeah, <laughs> we do not mention the D word on this podcast here. Patui. Uh, yeah, we, we we had to. Sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not our fault. Dennis Hamlet signed a bunch of Danes, dude. Um, that we had to we had to we had to be excited for back in the day, but little did we know. Little did we know. Little did we know. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, uh, basically the point that I was trying to get was that, you know, I mean, uh, these used to be um, healthy stepping stones to bigger leagues back in the day. But that's not really been the 
the case for, I think, close to 20 years. And um, basically, I think if you can't really snuff it in Iceland, which is like the smallest, smallest of the lot, right? I mean, it's basically a semi-pro league at one point. I still think it is, right? They only play very limited amounts of time in summer as well. Uh, right. It's about as close as you can get to a... <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it's basically a semi-pro setup. And if you're not snuffing it there, um, obviously, I don't think it really portends well for a serious pro career back in the USA, right? Especially with MLS the way it is right now. Simple as, like... Um, interestingly enough, um, when you compare the pipelines or the career paths, I should say, that uh, form, some of our former USL products have uh, taken, right? You remember Vincent Bezicor? Yes. He's here. He's here in right. Singapore. He's, and he's out been, there in Singapore. Yeah. And that's the deal, you know? I mean, like... Um, have, have you been able to see him? or? I've been meaning to, but, like, I, I, I honestly keep on forgetting. <laughs> he plays for Geelong International out in the East Coast, which is kind of a bit hard for me to get to because it's a bit far. Oh, okay. I used to live around there, though. I don't live around there anymore, which is a shame. Oh, interesting. Uh, but I guess Geelong are technically the uh, the uh, rivals of my hometown of uh, my quote unquote hometown club. <laughs> um, they contend the uh, Eastern Derby here in Singapore. Who is uh, your then club? Tampanese Rovers. Oh, okay. But that's all the way, yeah. The, the only two clubs in the East Coast. But anyway, sorry, yet another tangent. What I'm trying to say is that, like, uh, USL itself, you know, I wouldn't say is the strongest league in the world, right? If you have these kinds of uh, developments coming out. And, you know, I mean, I would probably say that Icelandic first, first division and USL would probably be... About the same. About the same, right? Yeah, so... Look, I mean, I don't really think that so is anyone really to uh, tie yourself up in knots over. Right. I, I can understand being upset in as much as he's like a kid from Harrison and there's like a, a fun romantic story about it. But like yeah. not all not not all these kids are going to work out. Um, basically, yeah. like it's it's like in, in the case of like Caden Clark, which, you know, we don't have to get too much into. It's like you he's shown at that level pretty consistently in ways that like was not typical of usl level like you could like his best highlights were like oh yeah this kid probably belongs in a higher uh level than than what he's playing at at usl whereas like guys like lakava guys like so it was like their highlights is like well in, in this case tom barlow i guess we wanted if we want to get into that it's like well they could probably kill it at this level maybe not so much at the usl at uh at mls level yeah Exactly. I mean, like, um, it's not, it's been pointed out many times that it's not a meritocracy, right? I mean, like, not everyone that pulls out at USL level is necessarily MLS ready, as you mentioned, because some of them are just consummate good players in USL, and that's their level, right? Which I mean, isn't uh, bad. Another, it's, another, the league is so much better than now than it used to be. Yeah, it is. No, no, no. I mean, I, mean, I don't mean that in a disparaging sense. It's just that I no, think it comes not. down to expectation management, right? I mean, uh, the past few years that we've seen with the USL MLS pipeline have been exceptional by basically any metric that you can think of, right? I mean, the fact that you got guys like Aaron Long, uh, you're getting someone like a Florian below almost every other year, like a useful squad player slash first teamer. I mean, like that's already, I think, surpassed most expectations. 
as you'd probably expect from a traditional, you know, reserve to a first team pipeline. And I mean, it's worth pointing out that even the big clubs don't really do that anymore, right? Um, even when, and even when, and even like maybe 20 years ago, when you could still had, you could still kind of draw on Academy to reserve pipelines a bit more rather than just like spending 70 million pounds to bring in your newest Galactico, right? Even then it would be considered a success if they produced like a player in the caliber of say like a Paul Scholes or Ryan Giggs, like almost every, once every two or three years, basically. Mm -hmm. That's what we were legitimately looking at. None of the other Red Bull teams have basically been able to replicate um, this or that, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, expectation management at the end of the day, right? It's basically what we're trying to get at. Um, then I think it's also pretty, pretty uh, on, on the topic of uh, Jake LaCava, as you mentioned. I mean, it's pretty telling that St. Louis select him and immediately move him on for like, what, 75K in allocation money. Yeah, um, that's so weird. It's, it, it's been positioned as St. Louis. I don't know. I saw I saw some takes where it was like being positioned that St. Louis took him, but they took him in so much as to get more funny money. So right. like, I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's a bit of a tell for me, right? That if the club's sincerely interested in taking somebody, they to to, to like actually have him as a component to build the team. They probably wouldn't move him for an equivalent sum that has generally been gotten for very low-end players in MLS rosters, right? Or in some cases, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, this amount of GAM has been literally traded for TAM. Um, so, and vice versa, right? I mean, uh, again, one of those things where I don't think we're going to be too plussed about. I mean, we review the history of the uh, we review the history of the uh, re-entry draft, right? It was guys like what Jared Stroud, I think, one goal and maybe a handful of assists in uh, two years at Austin. I mean, he's a solidly decent player, but I wouldn't really say anything. It's sort of like the thing that you would probably be looking at at Ripple too to like replace people, like easily replaceable squad player from a you know, healthy reserve team pipeline. And then the other one being Hassan and Dumb, who we let go. He stayed in Cincinnati for three or four years. And then we claimed him off of waivers. <laughs> so like, we got him back for free um, after, uh, you know, a site in Cincinnati. And now that he's, I think, four years into his career, more or less kind of looks like the same. I mean, uh, I don't know. The shine's kind of worn off a little bit, if you ask me. I don't know. I don't really think that... Basically, I don't think we've truly lost anything of significance in the re-entry draft. Uh, yeah, I'm no. Really um, does that mean we don't lose anyone next year? Is that how this works? Yeah, I think so. But uh, uh, do are we expecting more teams next year? Like, who's entering the oh, league next year? I don't even fucking know. Well, St. Oh, Louis. Besides St. Louis, I don't know. Who else? No, no I think St. Louis are entering this year, right? Not oh, I... Well... It's it's still twenty. I know you're ahead of me in time, but I don't think it's January over there. Well, I mean, like this year, as in like this 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 season. Yes. God damn it! Like, 
Yes, I know it's December 2022, but <laughs> the point stands. That <laughs> The point stands. No, I don't think anyone else is coming in after uh, St. Louis. Yeah. I really, imagine if we don't have another expansion team after that. That would be kind of fun. Just like a normal, finally, a normal, yeah, right. a normal year. Yeah, Christ Almighty. I mean, like it's already it's already he's so bloated as it is, right? I mean, I don't know any other professional top tier professional league in the world that has like what 30, 30 teams in one division. Not, I feel like not, Argentina is, but that's because they're they're just dumb like that, and they're just they're just it's just so River and Boca Juniors don't get relegated. They just stuff this on the league. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because one year to... River accidentally got relegated, and they're like, "Oh no, we can't have this again." Yeah, I mean, it gave us tunnel Estamos pass. Estamos en la B, no otra vez. Se fue a la B, se fue a la B. El que no salta, se fue a la B. Denying us, denying us a second tunnel pass, man. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't hit the same if it's like tunnel pass, man, from like say I don't know, like Velez Sarsfield or whatever, right? Like right. Doesn't hit the same, but uh, oh, I think uh, we forgot to mention that we had a couple loans that were terminated, right? Uh, I think uh, it was Cal Duncan and Cal uh, Duncan and Caden Clark. Um, ah, yes. Cal Duncan's uh, second bow year. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It was pretty bad, guys. I mean, uh, I. It was not good. Uh, it's just. I think he comes in. <clears throat> And Struber, so he does. He if I if I recall correctly, he does like the Tim Parker move. Where he he shows up here the night before, and then he immediately starts the next game or something like that. He immediately moves uh, Dylan Nealis out of the lineup, and then towards the end of the season, it's just it's Dylan Nealis back in that spot. We're just not using Tyler Kyle Duncan anymore, and I don't know. It wasn't that impressive. It was just like people. I think people were really excited to have him back, and then after that first game, it's like, oh, right, this is Kyle Duncan. You you were reminded of uh, how he plays, right? The hot and cold streaks, like yes. the the mental farts, the uh, and you know, I mean, like that's just not going to cut it for a player that's like what twenty four, twenty five. No, it's I don't think. it's odd. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how he he, I like, in the similar vein of of Iceland and USL. I I I would hazard a guess that the worst teams in the Belgian league are not that much better than MLS. Yeah, no, I don't think they are, should be told. Uh, and, like, you can get a game for any of them, all right? I don't think right. he's been, like, uh, literally been frozen out the squad at Ustenda at that point, right? So, yeah. and here's the thing, you know, I mean, I think the Duncan transfer is a bit more emblematic about the that transfer strategy in the last couple windows where we're just kind of going back to signing, like, milk and toast retreads. You know, uh, this was one of those things that I kind of, uh, I wasn't too buzzed about when the signing no. was announced. Uh, I didn't really understand uh, how it was supposed to be this idea that he was going to be offering more of an attacking threat going forward when I think most of his best work was really done off the dribble. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't really still put in a cross to save his life. Right? I think one right. of the understated things that we mentioned last year is that um, is uh, basically what the before and after when Tom Edwards went back to Stoke, right? right. Um, and how I think uh, we started just leaking more goals in general because I feel like, uh, I don't know, we didn't really have too many great 
great option Bs uh, that could soak up as many just solid minutes as Tom Edwards could, you know? Right. Like, I, I would compare Tom Edwards to, like, uh, one of those um, teams that big organizations that um, nobody really appreciates until they get cut in some kind of layoff and everything falls to shit, right? Everything falls to shit. A lot of guys are just doing the dirty work behind the scenes and keeping the whole thing from falling apart. And uh, once they go, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I think you kind of saw what kind of happened. <laughs> that's that's a good point. I think I think it's it's underrated how much of a of a professional he is. He was. I mean, he still is. But like, it's uh, the like he brought a level of professionalism to this team that. Despite like he, it, it belied how young he is. I think yeah. if I remember, and it, it, it's just like he just had the right attitude, and he had the right. He brought us that edge, you know, not just like on the field he would get stuck into a tackle, but also like my man knew how to shit house, you know. Yeah, no, and, and here's the deal, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, uh, he may not have stood out too much, but he didn't really do anything to like cost us, right? And right. I think. Do you compare that to like the wildly varying inconsistencies that you get from the Cal Duncan experience? And um, God, he's only twenty three, man. That's crazy. Yeah, Tom Edwards. Tom Edwards. Yeah, he's yeah. only twenty three. I don't you know, begrudge. I don't. I don't really begrudge him though. Like the, the 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 fact of the matter is, is that like his his partner was pregnant and she couldn't come over here, so he had to go over there. So fair enough. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Um, it is what it is, I suppose. Um, but yeah, here's the deal, you know, I mean, like, again, kind of go back to the original point, right? I mean, uh, I would kind of prefer if we showed more imagination in the transfer market than just trying to bring in, like, former team players on a second chance. Right. Uh, like we did, I think, over the winter window. I suppose it's because those were the only guys that were available potentially but it doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence that the best no it, it felt like especially with this team it, it felt like um there would be rumors circulating about one or two other players and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like actually we're not going to we're not going to get those guys how about <laughs> kyle duncan again guys yeah yeah i think that's kind of what inspired right for whatever reason and uh I mean, there's uh, no bigger indication of what's going on behind the scenes than the fact that, like, I think random rumors from Romania are connecting us with Romanian players once again. Oh, so, no. I don't know. I feel like uh, Dennis Hamlet's uh, single-handedly uh, improved the GDP of Romania by, like, 200%. At the <laughs> so, yeah. Um, needless to say. Uh... <laughs> we're, just, we're, just, we're just buying Georgi Haji another, like, Rolls-Royce or something like that. <laughs> Buying Adrian Mu to another line of Coke. Oh my gosh. Ouch. But anyway, Ouch. Um, that being said, uh, there's that. And then there's uh, Caden Clark. Oh dear. I'm not oh. really sure what happened there. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It. I am hazard to blame Struber for this, but I'm just like, it just feels like he has something to do with this. <laughs> we will get to the bottom of this. Oh, <laughs> so, man. Just, like, the, the general trend of what it felt like that this team that, that, that Struber was, like, alienating players and 
just like the general vibes around uh, the, the team day to day in training, but also like during games. It's just like, yeah, the, the lineup decisions, right? I think we've been mentioning is kind of like the canary in the room, right? Uh, lineup decisions and formation decisions where, A, I mean, I think the formation and the instructions would change like almost every other week, right? right. And there would be some very arbitrary lineup decisions where guys would find themselves in, out, and around like almost every other week as well. Right. It's Yeah, it's not even Caden Clark, but, like, you talk about, like, Drew Yearwood, Steven Serwata. Like, they'd be playing two, three games in a row, and then all of a sudden you don't see them again for three months. Yeah. Frankie Amaya got the same treatment as well. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it doesn't it, – I cannot give the manager the benefit of the doubt when he's, like, throwing his heat fits in the press uh, – in the media and the press, right, about uh, what <laughs> – the fans being stupid for wanting the team to win trophies. <laughs> and, uh, like, constantly throwing the players under the bus as well, you know, for um, tactical decisions that he made, some of the substitutions that he made. You know, I think, um, I don't know, he hasn't earned that kind of clout, right, where he can't fail, he can only be failed, right? Just sounds like a very malevolent person to be around. To be completely right. honest with you, um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Steve was entirely justified to flip him off from the perch uh, the last game. So that was. Oh, we. I feel like we talked about this in the last episode, but that was because then Struber would like look at him and be like, "Who me? You're telling me to go fuck myself or whatever." <laughs> when it, when he gets introduced uh, at a uh, the. At the home opener next year, I just want the PA system to play uh, Mozart's. Oh, wait, no, was it Mozart's? Uh, Lick me im Arsch over the uh, <laughs> <laughs> over the PA system while he gets introduced. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I think that kind of sums it up for me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, um, to tie it back to Caden Clark, you know, I think. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a bit emblematic of uh, the dysfunction going on at the global apparatus in general, right? I mean, I think uh, the problem is bigger than New York currently, right? I do think um, global have kind of stuttered with a bit of a lack of a direction for a while. The guy he used to guide the ship, I mean, he's gone, right? And uh, none of the guys left the organization, as we touched upon, are football people. Other than like what Mario Gomez, who is in like his first year of being a full time exec, um, I don't know. It just doesn't really portend too many good things for me right now. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I think it's worth thinking that just because somebody has the Red Bull Global tag doesn't necessarily mean that I don't know they it's an immediate recipe for success anymore, I don't think, because there's nothing about how Global have identified talent and uh, hired people to bring through that talent that indicates to me that there's a good sense of talent evaluation going right. on there. That's kind of where it is for me. Uh, definitely, I think, I think 
I think uh, definitely kind of jumped the gun a bit too early on Chatsarina Leipzig. And then uh, they realized he wasn't going to cut it. And then we basically have to scramble to try and bring him back. Uh, was that before or after his appendix exploded? That was... That was- we we bought him right. I they bought him like right when he was balling out in twenty twenty one, right? I think, uh, and then his appendix uh, okay. exploded like uh, towards the end of the season. Yeah, because I think he was a Jesse Marsh. I oh would, right. I would think it yeah. was. A, I th- I think Jesse wanted him basically, but then That's Jesse right. got fired. I want right. to say shortly after, and then the new guy was like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know. If I would really want to use this guy or something." Uh, but anyway, I think uh, long and story short, he goes back to Leipzig next year. Uh, <laughs> Dominic Tedesco looked at Caden Clark. And was like, hmm, can we sell him to Bayern Munich next season? Hmm, I don't uh, think so. Oh, I think the t- I think the Tabasco man got fired. It's uh, Marco. It's uh, it's Marco. Oh, Roche, Marco no, Roy. I'm mistaken. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, no. I think this is looking at the timeline. Gonna be extremely. Marco Roy thinking this way. <laughs> Mark, not Marco Rosa. Sorry, I said Marco Royce. That's a Marco. That's a Marco, Marco, Marco Royce. Uh, <laughs> Marco Royce, Red Bull Leipzig manager. <laughs> oh my God! Have they, I? I wonder if they have ever done like player managers in Germany. I'm sure they have. In recent memory, I don't know. I'm sure they have, but probably. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they have, but probably at like a smaller club or anything. But to be honest, right. my knowledge of Bundesliga is pretty slim. And to be honest, I mean, seeing as how Germany played at the, seeing how Germany played at the World Cup, I don't think we're really missing much. To be honest, <laughs> no, not. it's this World Cup is like German players who play in the Bundesliga. No, thank you. Players from other countries that play in the Bundesliga. Yes. Yeah. Funny how that works, huh? Funny how that like works. Seven out of eight of them were like quite literally at the Bayern Munich lineup. Right. <laughs> I've seen so many articles recently about how Marcus Sula just just sucks. I think. How who? Uh, Sula. What's his name? S U L E. Nicolas Sula. Oh, Nicolas yes. Sula. Yeah, I think I Mark Marcus is someone else. I forget. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. He's a very wide person. That's not try- me trying to body shame because apparently they do talk about how they call him fat, but I'm like, he's not fat. He's just big. He's just a wide person. He has large ass. He He's has large, yes. He takes up a lot of space. I heard that uh, apparently he sometimes wears the replica shirts instead of the authentic shirts because they don't fit him properly, even the XL or whatever size he would wear. I mean, um, fair enough. Uh, the fabric on those are super tight. No, yeah, especially those Puma shirts, man. That's not... Yeah. Uh, I've seen too many Arsenal fan TV videos of uh, the wrong kinds of people wearing those kinds of shirts. I'm wearing those skin-tight shirts. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, like, I'd stick to replicas for now. To be honest with you, I I, I empathize with people who can't fit in authentics for that reason. Right. And you know what? I never really wanted authentics anyway because, like, why the fuck am I going to play in them? Exactly. Playing replicas. Playing your replicas. Yeah. If you're if you're the lucky kind of person who can fit into like kid sized replicas, like God bless you. You I think you won the genetics lottery, basically. Oh, you're talking about me? Um, yeah, I was subtweeting you on our own podcast. You're subtweeting me in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I didn't want to. I, I, I didn't want to. I wanted to generalize it to the general population. So exactly, you know, like just so that we could be more inclusive or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> if you have a child-sized torso but also host a podcast, like, wait a minute. It was like, always, it's okay. You're not a 30-year-old in Brooklyn, though. So 
Like, oh, right. I'm a 30-year-old in Redacted. <laughs> um, what was I saying before we went on this diatribe? Oh, yeah, I mean... Uh, Asula, German quality of the players, the Bundesliga, yeah. and Caden Clark. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh... uh People kind of disparage the quality of uh, defenders in the Bundesliga, right? And to be honest, I think it's kind of justified. I think part you. of it was also just like, it's not to get too much into it, but it's like, uh, what was the tangent? It's like, oh, Germany's best defender is uh, is Mats Hummels, but he, he's old and his legs don't work. Yeah, isn't he like 37 years old at this point? I'd, I yeah. might as well be. <laughs> No, and I think in terms of body age, it's probably like higher, to be Maybe. honest with you. Uh, and Hummels reminds me of the time where it wasn't Leipzig that was selling all their best players to uh, Bayern. It, it was, was Dortmund. Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which tells you about how serious of a league this is, I suppose. But anyway, that's too much Bundesliga talk for one day. Um, uh, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you're going to have to know. Are you are you are, are you excited for the for the New York Red Bull season to come back? How are you feeling? Uh, I, I think mean, once the World Cup wraps up, we have we're coming back to MLS. Preseason will start. A lot of guys are gonna, still here, and I guess they're still training. But you know, I mean, a lot of it still depends on what happens uh, exactly later in the window, right? And I think uh, we have a. I think the needs have kind of shaked out a little bit more. Um, at the very least, we're going to need a couple new defenders, right? I think, uh, especially since I think uh, we hadn't touched upon the um, what is probably going to be the biggest outgoing so far, right? So, of course, Aaron Long uh, probably yeah. going back to California. Tinfoil hat time. I think it's pretty telling that we see all this Tyler Adams content being pushed by the main account, but nothing about Aaron Long, who is actually... T- <laughs> It is strange, but I guess to be yeah. fair, Aaron Long just like hasn't played, despite USMNT Twitter nerds uh, pulling their hair out that he would start over. I don't know, Walker the ghost Zimmerman. of John Brooks or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the, people were miffed that Brooks didn't make the squad, right? Samat. Right. They were they were mad that he didn't make the squad. He had literally just signed for whatever club he's playing for right now, like three weeks prior to that. But they're saying that. The, the the men's national team was going to take Aaron Long, who's without a club. Like I don't know what these weirdos want. Look, if Hal Robson Kanu could score the most famous goal in Wales history, exactly as a free agent, shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> you know who Wales could have used at this World Cup? Hal Robson Kanu. Exactly. That is, that is true, though. I mean, they tried. They tried their best with Kiefer Moore, but it doesn't try. They tried their hit, best with Kiefer Moore. Doesn't quite hit the same, to be honest. Exactly. Uh, what if instead of we had one hulking big lad up top, we had two hulking big lads up top? Exactly. That's how it is. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the big question mark for me, right? Is I think. We mentioned the loss of Tom Edwards. We mentioned the loss of Aaron Long, right? And I think it can't be denied that these are two stalwarts holding the back line together, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to see Sean Nealis slotting into the senior center back role mm-hmm. next year, presumably of Andres Reyes uh, as one of his partners. And if we stick to a back right. three, 
I think that's going to portend at least uh, you know at least a couple of defenders coming in, right? Especially, right. especially on the right side of defense. Um, I do see us, I think, making at least a big splash in that position. I do think uh, if we get a TAM level signing this year, it would probably for that back line. But so far, we haven't seen too much uh, activity picking up, but it's because the World Cup's going on, right? Right. I mean, rumors yeah, is generally... a weird time where everything, like, nothing's happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, like uh, usually it'd be the winter transfer window, right? Like, sort of starting to... Uh, right. Sort of starting to kick into effect, but we're not really hearing so much of that. It's just simply because I think uh, the World Cup's going on, and uh, people are waiting to see who's going to get that big, nice big World Cup like price price tag boost, right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably say. If there's anything to go by, I think Brighton are probably licking their lips at how Kar- Mitoma has played so far. And Leandro <laughs> Trussard too. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Who's the Who's the Dutch fella? What's his name? Uh, Leon. Uh, Ooh. Bang! Uh, Gamble with G. He's, he's the guy who scored all their goals, basically. Um, oh, uh, Gakpo. Oh yeah, Leon Gakpo. Yeah, that's right. He's probably Cody another Gakpo. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, who did Dutch I think was Leon? Cody. What the fuck? Leon Goretzka. Why did I think his name was Leon, dude? <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, if his name was Leon Gakpo, that'd be a much cooler name. Yeah, then fucking Cody. Like, I think I've scrubbed the name Cody from my mind, dude. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's nothing to do with AEW or anything. Cody Mates Gakpo. Yeah, he would be improved by a Leon. Yeah. (laughs) For some reason, I thought his name was Leon Leon Gakpo for some reason. (laughs) I must have had my wires crossed with a couple other... um, good players named Leon. And to be honest, there have been a lot of really decent players called Leon recently, right? So right. names really made a resurrection um, <laughs> in past years. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, but I think uh, that's probably the big need that's emerging uh, from this, um, from this window so far. So obviously reinforcements of defense. And then uh, the interesting thing that kind of uh, snuck out was the fact that we always sold Christian Casares Jr. to Russia. <laughs> to uh, Lokomotiv for like yeah. $6 million. Yeah, that would have been a really handsome sum of money. Not going to lie. That would have been interesting, but... Uh... Unfortunately, we, we, we can't... <laughs> We can't sell players to Russia. There, there's some stuff going on. Yeah, they're, they're working through some stuff, but they're trying to get better, you guys. I, I, right. I, I DM them on Instagram, and, and Russia's doing well. <laughs> She's just taking, they're just taking a break from social media. Oh, my God. Is, is the league even happening now? Are they still just playing amongst each other? What's I don't know. I don't know. I just know that a lot of the foreign players had to, like, basically jet, right? Because yeah, uh, no, they all, they all, they all left. Uh, I'm reminded of the fact that Huang and Bion basically had to make an emergency transfer back to the K League because of uh, right. sanctions against Russia. <laughs> exactly. There's another guy who got shafted by that. I forget who it was, but uh, what's his name? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. But there was one right. Premier League club who side. Oh no. Okay. So this is the case. So like Russia is. I think Russia. Russia. Like in the case of Russia, players just like left. And never come back. But in the case of like Ukraine, they suspended their league, and players were allowed to go, basically on like a free loan 
to another club. And I think Fulham had signed a player from obviously non-Ukrainian players. So like signed a guy from signed a guy on loan from uh, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. And uh, when the thing came, when they extended, they had the loan period for an X amount of time and they, uh, or no, they were going to buy him. Right. And then this whole thing happened and the loan got extended until like June of next year. So they're just like, actually, we're just going to have this loan, this free loan for us. It's pretty tidy business though, Tom. Right. Uh, if you just ignore the uh, repercussions of everything else that's going on. Exactly. <laughs> there's an oil, there's a, there's an energy and supply crisis, but my club signed this guy for free. So who really loses in the end, kids? Uh, who really loses in the end. <laughs> Where is Huang and Bum now? Oh, he's at Olympiacos. Interesting. Yeah. Wait, he isn't. Is there another Korean player at Olympiacos too? There are a few of them, not. Mistaken. Oh yeah, Huang Wee Joe is also yeah. there. So wow, so they have they have two Huangs at Olympiacos. The two, the the two of the three are good Huangs basically because wow. Huang Hee Chan is old still, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yes, he is. Get, oh my uh, God! Look at all these here. names on the Olympiacos roster. Are you ready to remember some dudes? <laughs> Go. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Okay, Marcelo is there, but like, he's not there anymore. But yes, obviously Marcelo. I don't know. Uh, Jan Mvila, per- perennial Arsenal <laughs> transfer target. Yeah, Jesus. I'm looking at this. Hamish Richard, you guys, look at that. Yeah, Kostas Fortunas. Oh, Yusuf uh, El Yeah, for former Greek standout pa- Socrates Papas the Papalis. I don't know. I... Yes. No, you got it. Uh, I think uh, the, our Greek listeners are, are about to like firebomb my house for my pronunciation. Oh my god, Patiam Kasami, former uh, Fulham player. Oh yeah, yeah. Cedric Cedric Bakambu. Cedric Bakambu, Gary <laughs> Rodriguez. The for a while the only Cape Verde player I could remember. <laughs> I remember Janini Vieira, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and some dude from England. That's interesting. Israeli fella. It. Yeah. Oh wow, Matthew Val- Matthew Valbuena. Yeah. Would you look at that? Matthew Valbuena, Jesus Christ, third captain, uh, Samaseku, who used to play at RB Leipzig, right? Yeah. yeah no, RB is, Salzburg. This, this is a proper collection of guys right here. This wow. is like the Greek, the Greek Bolton. <laughs> I feel. Oh, D.I.D. Oh. Samaseku. Yes. Former Red Bull. Yeah. Remember when we were signing all those Malian players and uh, like uh, it sounded like an exciting time to be alive because uh, this would be right. the generation that puts Malian football on the map. Uh, right. By that, I re- literally just mean Yuba Diara. Yuba Diara. I hope he comes back soon. <laughs> Yuba was it? Yuba, I think he 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 plays now actually for Salt. Yeah, he actually plays in Spain. Like he <laughs> he overcame his. Uh, <laughs> Knee problems. We love an inspirational story. No, no, he's we? back at he's Balt, he's back at Salzburg, and he just plays games like no like no big deal. I had an impression that he went out to Spain for some reason. Oh, maybe, but no, he just like straight up just like is in their social media and everything. Like he's just he's cured. He's a uh, he 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 he's at this club called Hartburg. No. Oh yeah. I am just whiffing on all these club movements because who the fuck knows like where anyone who, plays nowadays? To be honest, <laughs> what what is any what is any of this? How do we even get here? We were talking about yeah, RBNY roster. Yeah, we were talking about transfer needs. I think the Christian Casares thing came up. And then, oh uh, right, yes. 
Yeah, so... Um, Under normal circumstances, I would be mad that the club doesn't make that transfer, but I think this is understandable. I guess the only other one would, would have been like uh, not transferring Aaron Long to West Ham, but I feel like West Ham was probably low-balling us there anyway. Yeah, you know, $2 million is not chump change for a Premier League team. So, right. you know... And now he's probably going to just uh, have a cushy retirement gig of the LA Galaxy. So, I mean, like... Uh, he's a dad now. It's probably fine. Yeah, I gets to hang out with family a bit more, you know. I mean, I'm sure his parents are getting up in years, so he probably wants to spend more time with them. And that's right. a good call. That is a good call. You know what? I mean, that's he, a good... He wants, to play, he wants to play Fortnite with Chicharito. <laughs> <laughs> play CSGO. I mean, look, look. I mean, Chicharito's having the time of his life, like, not having to care about how... <laughs> About how the they'll be <laughs> like it's the virgin Andres Guardado, 170 caps and still trying to captain the side at the World Cup versus the Chad oh Chitarito, who's done everything he can and just wants to fucking enjoy retirement. <laughs> 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 These are the two paths that you can take. So which way, which way, Western man? <laughs> which way, Western man? But yeah, um, having said, I think um, yeah. So I think it potentially. Um, I don't know. We might see movement in midfield, assuming uh, we, assuming there's more activity there. Uh, we have seen activity further up the field as well, right? I mean, uh, most of our transfers uh, so far this year have been in the um, striker department, right? Between uh, Corey Burke signing out of free agency to uh, presumably provide a, you know, right. A, I think as as Cork sums it up pretty well. Do all the things that Tom Barlow does, but marginally better. Yes. I think that's a fair assessment. He's also, like, I think 31 years old at this point. Uh, Yeah. uh, And it's on a two-year contract. You know, if the... I'm not really going to complain about this, but I do think, like, two-year contract on a 31-year-old is interesting. I don't know. Um... Yeah. I will. I will reserve judgment. I will say that it's one of those things where if he's coming in to just kind of provide minutes off the bench, then yeah, okay, sure, I, I could be on board. Uh, Actually, but... I'll say this much. I'll say this much. Uh, when he scored in the Eastern Conference Final against New York City FC, I was saying that you know what, Corey Burke is scoring in the Eastern Conference Final for Philly, and yet we can't get seven strikers to score goals. <laughs> So, you know. Jim Curtin has coached energy drink soccer better than anyone at Red Bull for I mean, the last four or five years. It's, but, yeah, I mean, it's not even just like the guy scoring goals. It's like I'm just like watching those the way they guys play, play from that the game. Back. It's literally just like, oh, yeah, let's just try some one-twos in the box and get shots off. Like, wow. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine trying to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of says a lot of, uh, you know, Red Bull uh, Philadelphia is having more success in, our st- in what is supposed to be our style of play and inculcating that style of play than we've had the last three or four years. Right. You want to talk about the lays? Yeah. But anyway, uh, like I said, I think Corey Burke's one of those things where if uh, he is the first option off the bench, I wouldn't be too plus. If he is plan A, I would be significantly concerned. Right. It's very, like, you know, 
2019 retread vibes, basically. But I yeah. kind of hope that that's not the case. Uh, At this point, I don't even want to like uh, speculate or envision like the kind of lineup that we're going to put out because it's like, oh, are we going to put him in the two with Clemal or is he going to play with single striker? Because like, I feel like none of this matters at this point. With Gilles yeah, none of us manager. really knows how the manager wants to fucking play week in, week out anyway. So like, I've kind of given up on it. <laughs> trying to guess what goes through the mind of uh, the insurance salesman in charge of our team. Um, oh my gosh. Then uh, I think, uh, of course, the other... Big news, of course, probably be that Elias Manuel is on his way back. Uh, scored a couple, scored a scored a scored a pretty nice goal. Uh, yes, vaguely enterprising in the press, but you know, I mean, I I I, I guess it's one of those things where, like you said, right? We I, I hope it's not a case where it's yet another person we put in to uh, the starting lineup, and he continues to get like zero service the whole game. Right. Yeah. As much to... as like a lot of the goals he he scored like did not come out of combinations. They kind of just like him. He just let it rip. Face. Let it rip. The goal he scored against uh, Cincinnati is like the ball kind of pops up to him. It was a good strike, by the way. It's not like he had a lot to do there. He like ripped it near post. Yeah. All credit to him. But it's like, what do we? What's the plan going forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, like we said, right, as we it turns out from the uh, first half of the season, that was individual moments of brilliance that were kind of carrying the team rather than any systematic uh, ability to generate consistent amounts of chances over the game through, right. um, you know, methodical buildup for a clear plan and attack. You know, it's very much the plan and an attack for most of the season was hero ball. And once the Lucanius magic kind of dried up, like, you kind of saw what happened. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. It's rough. It's rough out there, kids. Um, <laughs> I would probably say that that's our other need, though. Is we actually kind of do need some kind of attacking midfielder who can actually pass the ball a little bit. Yeah, I think that's having watched the team in the late stretches of that season. That's probably obvious. Of 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 a need in the team of despite like the, the deficiencies of the guys we have in this roster, like Lukin, yes, great. Love to watch him dribble. Cannot deliver that final ball to save his life. Yeah. We, we got too many dribbly boys, basically too many dribbly boys, not enough passy boys. We need someone who's capable of holding up the ball in the attacking third and actually like right. combining. I think. Yes. Uh, I mean, Klimala is capable of hold up play. This is that mm-hmm. he, the, I think he's the type of guy who prefers service to feet. Right, right. And you mean he doesn't currently... like just long balls over the top that he has to contest with giant center backs? Yeah, he has he has to basically brave it against like four four defenders at any one time, <laughs> feeding on the scraps that he's given basically from, deep, from further down the field. I mean, it's been a r- pretty fucking rough go. I think anyone put into that situation, unless your name's like I don't know, like Marwan Fellaini or Kevin Davies or something, is gonna it's gonna have a pretty fucking rough go at that. So, you know who we need? We need Julio Furch. That's who we need. Wow. <laughs> you talk about running it back, but in a good way. Uh, have we, have we, uh, ha- I forget if we've uh, done Furch bits on this podcast before, but I, I do think that that's, if we want to play like that, right, that's, that's kind of the, <laughs> this is the plan of attack. 
we kind of need someone like that, right? And I mean, like, it's not antithetical to Red Bull soccer because everybody was, like, coming into your pants about uh, Polson, right? Urari Polson right. all those years ago. So, <laughs> you know, if I was Dennis Hamlet, I would simply sign Urari Polson. <laughs> I would simply sign Yusuf Polson to RBNY. Right. <laughs> I'm a, please hire me. I'm a, I'm a genius RBNY Twitter expert. Uh, that being, yeah, I think um, that would probably be the type of striker that I think would probably profile better if mm. this is the plan and attack. But I sincerely believe that we can do better in terms of having a plan and attack in general. So I am not going to hold the players to that. Right. You, you kind of know my stance on that the other day. Um, Okay, so there's that. Uh, probably some kind of attacking midfielder. I think we could probably agree on that. Because uh, then a uh, couple center backs. So I think we'd at least need four or five players based on a, a pass movement. Yeah, we have we have Sean Nealis, we have Andres Reyes, we have Matt Nosita. <laughs> Uh, Hassan and Dom, I guess. And Hassan and Dom. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Nocitas is going to be like one of those like uh, guys in the um, reserve part of the roster who just kind of hangs out at Red Bull too for the whole year. Yeah. Right. Then, uh, uh, let me think. Well, we have made we have made a defensive signing recently, right? Of course, uh, the news that Curtis Ofori. Uh, was signed to a homegrown deal. But again, that's mm-hmm. probably going to be just one of those things where we stick a guy on the lower end of the roster and he just hangs out at Ripple too. Like, I mean, we literally don't have a backup left back, to my yeah. knowledge. It's probably not the worst thing. Um, I'm, not really gonna, yeah, I'm not really going to like evaluate talent. He's he's not terrible, but I'm not really <laughs> I'm not pinning my hopes on the kid. In terms of profile for a backup left back at this point, right? It's rather have someone who's 17 years old with a little bit of upside on a homegrown deal mm-hmm. rather than signing some, I don't know, some bin man, right, on the league minimum for veteran and then just having him, like, sit in the bench, like, a whole year, right? I think at the very least is the value that I think Curtis Afori provides because uh, it's cheap backup with a decent amount of upside who can just go get his minutes at Ripple 2 to season himself up. Right? Then, right. Uh, I, 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 at this point, will we, would we want... Because I feel like... Because now, the level that RB2 is going to be at is even lower than what it has been at, at, at USL, which well, actually, that is probably good, good yeah. because they're not going to get fucking binned every week. But at the same time, it's like, do you want to send your guys down there? Or is this... Is the fact that MLS NXT uh, going to happen mean that these sort of fringe guys are not going to be going down there so often? Actually, yeah, that is true. I totally forgot about the MLS uh, NXT uh, development. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, the USL Champo is so much more of a real league now than it was when the Red Bull 2 were flying in 2016. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was six years ago now. Right, like oh, yeah. the USL then is not the USL you see now, as you can see. 
proof's kind of been putting in terms of the results. Can't just try out kids there and expect them to steamroll everybody yeah. like we used to. Um, see. Oh, it's MLS Next. I said NXT like it was a wrestling promotion. I'm sorry. MLS NXT 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what is it? I think uh, <laughs> Mandy Rose is there somehow. <laughs> it's the latest uh, marketing strategy by Mark de Grand Prix to get people at the Montclair. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, I mean, we can't really make too much of a judgment in that one just yet. I presume that that's going to be something that cop-out answer is going to be something that um, we get a clearer picture of once the season actually starts. Uh, but in theory, at the very least, the Ofori signing is somebody that would make more sense for backup defender depth. I like the idea of it, right? Right. At the very least. Rather have 17-year-old that you can develop Somewhere else for a bit, rather than just sign some fucking, I don't know, like some fucking loser, like, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know any of the uh, fungible, like, left backs. Oh, like Shea Salinas or something. Oh my god. <laughs> for like a $300,000 a year contract, just for him to rot on the bench. Like, that's the kind of shit you're proposing, like, get the fuck out exactly. of here with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he's picked the number 24... In honor of Jason Pendon. No, it's it's honor of his it's in honor of his favorite player when he was a kid, and that's Manchester United great Darren Fletcher. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, in all this news, uh, Corey Burke is going to wear the number seven, which is probably the first time an attacking player has worn seven in this team for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, I got to say it was kind of whack that number seven went to a a fullback for like three straight <laughs> for three straight <laughs> seasons. Yeah, let alone like let alone like. It was like it goes from Derek Etienne to like what Patrick Seacrest, and then Patrick now it Seacrest, ends up Tom Edwards. Tom Edwards, yeah, and then uh, it's back where it belongs. Yeah, even before, even before, uh, who wore who wore seven before Etienne? It was Roy Miller. Roy Miller, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, exactly. And then it was Mike McGee, I think. <laughs> anyway, that's anyway. uh yeah. Um, some numerology, I suppose, for the some numerology, I suppose. But yeah, um, I yeah, I mean, so far so good. Uh, these aren't really any signings to be really too twisted up about. I think it's just solid fundamental business. Mm-hmm. I think it's where it is for me. Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's much else to talk about when it comes to uh, the team's happenings so far. But I suppose I think we'll close out the episode with me posing a question, I suppose. And I guess uh, if you could sign one World Cup... Sign, sign someone from the World Cup Ooh. for this team. And, you know, this has to be within realistic expectations here. because Within can't... realistic expectations. Yeah. Who would you target and why? Ooh. That's a good one. Hold on. I might need a second. Do you have an idea? Uh, to be honest, currently, no. I, I was trying to stall for time by asking you. <laughs> oh, no, that's a really interesting question because, like you said, like... Uh... That is. I might have an answer, actually. I don't know how oh, yeah. realistic it is, but if we could convince Huang and Beyond to come back <laughs> to MLS. 
and provide right. like because he's a, he's kind of like a, what we were talking about. Wait, who? Right? Huang and Biom. Huang and Biom. Oh, okay. To yeah. come back from because uh, when when he came to us against when he was with Vancouver, right? I mean, I think you could kind of see that he had a whole bunch of attributes that could work really really mm-hmm. well. Uh, I think uh, I think when you talk about needing somebody who can, I think, pass the ball a little bit, and that's exactly kind of what he is, right? I think he's been very solid as a holdup, uh, as a facilitator on the ball. He kind of plays that role for yeah. Korea, right? As their deep-line playmaker slash shuttler, right? And I think he's mobile enough in the press where he could be basically doing a lot of things that Christian Katsuris Jr. is, for example, doing right now, right? Yeah. Just sort of maybe perhaps more of an attacking base focus. Uh, I think he and Amaya can do some really good work together, basically, at the base of the midfield. Uh, when it comes to a forward, uh, obviously, I think uh, I might actually suggest Dyson Maeda. Oh, yeah. We're back on this train. <laughs> <laughs> Reports will show if you go back on my Twitter account long enough that I was advocating so hard for Karu Mitoma and Dyson Maeda to be signed for RBNY. This is when Dyson Maeda was playing at uh, Matsumoto. Mito Hollyhock and Matsumoto Yamaga. So yeah. Lens is a day one. I knew him before he became famous at Marinos and then became even more famous at Celtic. Bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Mito when he was announced by the Kawasaki Frontale team account, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> and now he's balling out at the World Cup. Like, oh my god. Like, Oh, anytime you beat Spain with seventeen percent possession, Moriyasu and like fuck the uh, Schuber. like how'd you make Moriyasu and an RBNY like fuck all of you? Oh like, my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's uh, let uh, time for you to answer this question. Do you have anyone in mind? Anyone in mind? Uh, I'm trying to think of like who were players that have been in this World Cup that uh that i thought oh we should sign him as a dp but like back when they were playing in there so one was richarlison which i don't think we're gonna sign richarlison but if we want to sign richarlison as a dp let me tell you something let's do that <laughs> imagine leukemia uh, but it's like 10 times big, like 100 times bigger basically oh my god um and then there's another place a player at morocco morocco is a very interesting team oh yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of I think the best description I've heard of Morocco is that they are they have very good players, but they play like a bad team. <laughs> so it's like they they uh, they they bunker, they just try to stop you, but then when they break, they have some really good players I mean, on the I, end of these breaks. I would think that that's exactly the kind of uh, way that they play star, right? They have, again, like uh, their star players are fast dribbling boys, right? So good yeah, exactly. Themselves. Like I mean, Hakim Ziyech is uh, oh yeah, man. Tea, isn't he? Right, so yeah, I think. Um, oh, I think I didn't mention him, but uh, the player's name is Yusuf and Nezri. Hmm. Yeah, he plays at Sevilla right now, and he has not been having a good season. But to be fair, neither has anyone at Sevilla. So they're coached by Sampaoli. Yes, yeah, so, so. Uh, that has not been that has not worked out. But twenty-five years old, uh, just a really. Tall, but like very technical striker. Hmm. That was a... like just like just over six feet tall. Left foot can get on the end of balls. I don't know. 
I guess uh, my, my dark horse would be, right, would be, would, do you think there's a possibility that anyone from Ecuador would be available? Because I do think that they had a few MLS guys, right, on that roster. They had Jackson Mendez, who I yeah. think has gotten a move from LAFC to someone else, but, like, they never used him, but he was actually quite good in this tournament. Uh... Piero and Capier was actually quite good for, but I think he's at Bayer Leverkusen, so he's destined for for bigger things. Yeah, so there's a surprising amount of Brighton representation on a right. three right now, right? You have a right. three guys, I believe. Uh, the excellently named Purvis Estupinian, right? Jeremy Sarmiento and Moises Caicedo, who are like, yeah, actually a lot of those. Yeah, I mean, those are like some. Of, those were some of the other standouts, but obviously. And then Jackson Mendez, Jose Cifuentes. Who else is an MLS guy? Javier Arriaga. Also, one of their guys in midfield, Carlos Grueso. I'm pretty sure played at FC Dallas or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that name for sure. He was yeah, he was their DP after uh, Mauro Diaz, I think, moved on. Remember? Whoa, they have a guy in the roster. His name is Jorkaev Reasco. <laughs> Oh, hey, uh, Minnesota United guy Romario Barr is here. Exactly. Oh, Michael Estrada, I think he was playing at DC United, and they're like, yeah, he's not good enough to play for us. And then <laughs> we, we have better things to do, like be last place in the league. Yeah, imagine that. Kind of kind of a poor take, huh? Right. <laughs> now he's bowling out of the woke. I mean, I think if I looked at the gut fellow, he seemed like a guy who'd be like kind of fast as fuck, but like doesn't really provide any other... Um, anything else, really? Yeah. To be honest, so I, I I think we have too many fast as fuck guys who have like no end product. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> and yet despite that, I said Ed Stein dies in Maeda. Ha ha. Yes. Uh, Morocco also have this guy Sofian Amrabat, who's the brother of uh, Nordim Amrabat, who, if you remember from the last World yeah. Cup, he, he was he's the gift that where he goes var is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I That's remember him. Name. He's, he's a national yes. hero. And then I guess they have another guy named Sofian Bufal, who I just remember from when he was playing at at. Uh, I think it was Southampton, Southampton, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, and he was he he had some of the nastiest dribbles. I'm like, wow. Again, Does this guy have end product? Probably not, but this guy is fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a reason why they moved on from him, right? Yes, probably. Uh, yeah. Like we have, we're too busy losing nine nil twice a season. <laughs> Well, I thought uh, Preciado was the guy who really stood out for me, but he plays a mm-hmm. gank, so I think that's probably beyond our purview. No. Angelo Preciado. He is gank. Everybody, everybody say gank in the back. Hank. Uh, Cameroon have a striker who's 27 who plays for Shanghai Shenhua. I feel like I should know who this is. I mean, Christian Basogo. Hmm. I don't think I've seen that name before. I haven't, I haven't really kept up with the CSL very closely, to be honest. Oh, Basugog. Yes. Actually, yes, I have seen this name before, funnily enough. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. He go- So, he starts at Rainbow FC. Yes. Oh. That same yes. Rainbow FC. The same Rainbow FC. Then he goes to the Wilmington Hammerheads. Oh, Make- my God, you're right. Makes a stop in Aalborg in Denmark, and then moves to Hunan. 
<laughs> wow. This is like the. This is like the. Uh, what is it? This is uh uh what God? What's his name? <laughs> the Anatola Bang. Anatola Bang story. <laughs> This is amazing. I don't think rain- the Rainbow FC lineage, man. I'm telling you, it's uh it's the strongest. It's the strongest connection in the world. They don't even have their Wikipedia page isn't even built out. That's incredible. <laughs> it just has their crest. It's a really nice crest, though. I gotta say, it just uses the Liverpool Liverbird. I think it looks better than the Liverpool crest. <laughs> you think it looks better? Yeah. Probably gonna get an angry tweet about that, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, okay, the possibilities are endless, I suppose. Possibilities. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that would probably be uh, our recommendation, I suppose. But yes. um, we'll stay posted for any big things that happen. Um, I don't know. What do you feel about the uh, the knockout rounds? I suppose for the episode out with this. Uh. I'm 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 this has probably been like one of the most exciting group stages of any World Cup I have witnessed. Yeah. Uh just the showing of AFC teams, two and a half AFC teams making it out of the group stage. Yeah. <laughs> um It's the first time we've had uh what is it? I think two teams from Africa and three teams from Asia. Right, Morocco right? and Senegal make yeah. it out. First time an African team's topped the group since uh, Nigeria oh, yeah. '98 as well. I think mm-hmm. as somebody pointed out on Twitter, just thought it was a pretty yeah. good, pretty interesting stat. I would have thought that some of those Ghana teams would have done it before. I think as I mentioned. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they didn't. Ghana missing a penalty again <laughs> against Uruguay twelve years after the fact. And then, and then once it was like out of once once qualification for the next round was out of sight for for Uruguay. It was just like, yeah, we're going to make a time-wasting sub even though we're losing in the 98th minute. Just incredible. It was incredible shithousing. And then the fans like... Incredible shit. To out-shithouse to out shithouse Uruguay in a World Cup and to make them mad like that. Is, and it makes Suarez it cry. Yeah. Takes quite some doing. It's awesome. Then the, chance, the fans chanting, Korea, Korea. Yeah. <laughs> Samsung becomes the number one mobile phone company in this West African nation. Wow. <laughs> Hyundai sales skyrocket. BTS now uh, announced that they are based out of... Uh, BTS is going to sing the national anthem. <laughs> BTS sings the Ghanaian national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> they have all kinds of people coming across the world to go to Accra right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. For this special performance. Fuck you know. Um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice because we we, we we have a lot of fresh matchups as well, right? I think in this knockout right. stage as well. I mean, uh, the only boring game on there would be like Portugal versus Switzerland because it's a bunch of fucking thin men playing a bunch of fucking thin men. But then, yeah. but then, other than that, well, let's have a quick rundown uh, just so that we know what's on the agenda. For people who have been watching, so I'm looking at I'm looking at the bracket right now. Uh, you so it's uh, Netherlands USA, Argentina then, Australia. Just a late game. Japan Croatia rematch of the 2006 group stage. I think they might be able to beat them. To be honest, the way that they've been playing I do think so, so far, it's the yeah. best chance they've had of making the quarterfinals. 
Imagine that. Brazil, they make the quarterfinals before Mexico. Ha, 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 ha. Wow. The fifth game. Ha, 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 ha. You didn't even get a fourth this time, buddy. Ha, 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 ha. Wow. Anyway. Um, um, Brazil, Korea. And then on the other side of the bracket, you have England, Senegal. That's going to be France, a spicy one. Poland. Oh, yeah. Uh, France, Poland is kind of whatever. I mean, I kind of expect France should beat them pretty comfortably. May, I guess so, yeah. I think the interesting thing about this World Cup is that, like, no one has depth. Yeah. And I'm sorry like, to Brazil, say... Brazil doesn't really have depth. France doesn't really have depth. Has England tried to have depth? I don't. I didn't watch that game against Wales too intently. <laughs> you didn't really miss much, to be honest. I did not miss much. Morocco, Spain. That one should be a pretty good one, actually, Morocco, Spain. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Portugal, Switzerland, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. The, 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 the only whatever games for me are the ones that involve like the all UEFA lineups. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but Poland are dreadful. I really do not enjoy watching him play. No. <laughs> sorry for all our uh, Polish listeners in central New Jersey, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if there was a way to eliminate both Portugal and Uruguay from their group, I would have taken that because they were dreadful. They were abject. And Ronaldo still found a way to be a pissy little bitch as well. Oh my gosh. Texting, he's 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 up he's up right now texting Pierce Morgan. <laughs> you know that Bruno should have given me the goal, and then that and then that 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 that, that K-pop guy who came up to me and cussed at me in my language. You know, I've never been so attacked in my life. <laughs> you know how many commercials I did in Korea? Uh, no, that was Japan. Oh, <laughs> I know because I have all of the commercials saved on my phone. He uh, he he plays it for his kids before the before he tucks them in at night. So it's right. of dad flogging like Korean hair products or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's an awful person, Cristiano Ronaldo. All right. Anyway, um, what a bitch. Terrible. Awful. You're awful. not welcome on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, uh... <laughs> don't don't have your people call us. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo becomes the first person to ever be banned on Metro Fan TV. <laughs> to be banned? Yeah, official de fatwa. Cristiano Ronaldo has been banned on this podcast. So uh, he will never be a special guest. Don't even think about it. Don't even DM me about the possibility. <laughs> My DMs are closed to, Christi- to at Cristiano. <laughs> now, Ichiro Suzuki, on the other hand, that's the guy I want to talk to. If we could move heaven and earth to have Ichiro Suzuki on this podcast. Ichiro gives his takes about American soccer and and Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's Keisuke Honda doing right now? He speaks a kind of English. He uh, did a promo for Dragon Gate Pro Wrestling recently. Hell yeah. I was very surprised to see him, to see his face pop up to congratulate Ultimo Dragon on his 35th anniversary. I was like, Honda, I did, I did not think that Keisuke Honda would be a Dragon Gate uh, biddy, but yeah, there you go. He is. Well done. He likes to see hot dudes in tight trunks doing flips. That's awesome. We stand a king. That's basically all Dragon Gate Pro Wrestling is, by the way. You should... <laughs> hot dudes doing flips. It's pretty rad, actually. I'm not going to lie. Um, wow. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. That being said, um, I think on that note, we should probably wrap it up here. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, close it well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
Mr. Fan TV, probably coming back to you whenever a rumor hits her inbox or whenever, uh, you know, something of note happens. But really, I think uh, in the meantime, enjoy the World Cup. It's been a hell of a ride so far. Uh, but if uh, this tournament has to live up to 2006 as like the greatest World Cup in our lifetime, this is the business end of it. Somebody has to go on an incredible run. Uh, somebody has to match Zidane's, uh, you know, one-man show to drag France into the final. Uh, someone has to have, you know, the kinds of drama that we saw. So hopefully that happens. I think it might happen, but we'll see. Anyway, Juan, thanks for your time. You got it. If I can close this out with the words of, of, uh, of you, of, uh, uh, Takefusa Kubo. <laughs> that probably doesn't come across, but he did say, y salió de puta madre. <laughs> this is a guy who got his uh, education at Barcelona, after all. Yes. It's the only good thing to Barcelona. The man speaks better Spanish than many Spaniards. <laughs> to many Spaniards in the United States, especially. Ahem, ahem, exactly. Ahem, ahem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, that kind of wraps it up for us. Uh, this has been Metro Fan TV. We have reined in the Samurai Blue references for your viewing pleasure. But we will see you next time. Uh, yeah, whenever we hear from us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.